If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Vacation Rental Success. And if you're listening to this on the publication date, I am probably still in Cyprus um, with my feet up and uh, enjoying um, the sunshine and hopefully the warm, warm weather. Oh, just enjoying being relaxed at the end of a long summer. Now, I know what I will probably do when I'm in Cyprus, and that is to get all excited about buying property because wherever I go, whether it was Costa Rica or Maui or, as you know, Exuma, where we did actually buy some land, or England last week, I probably have looked at realty windows. I've gone and started thinking about buying the next property. There always is the next property to buy. I think everybody does this. I, we, we did it way back in 1998 when we came out to Canada for the first time. My sister and I went out and looked in the property windows and just, just like every other um, tourist does, just checking the pricing of property. And at that time, we actually started buying. We We saw something we liked. We came back a few months later, we bought it. And then um, the story goes on from there. We bought six more after that. And you know, when, when you're in that when you're in that vacation style tourist mode, it's very easy to get drawn into the romance of owning a property wherever you are. And it's not until later that the reality kicks in that in fact it was fine when you were there, but once you get home the uh, the whole idea is probably not going to be as um, as practical as as you thought it was at the time. It's a bit like it's a bit like when you're on vacation and you you try that local bottle of wine and it tastes absolutely fantastic and you take it home. It tastes completely different at home and from my experience, usually just ends up getting poured down the sink. It's that it's that same thing. You look at things in different ways depending on on where you are. So I know while I'm in uh, while I'm in Europe that I will be very pragmatic about my wishes to buy another property. And uh, you know I, I know from experience now what what works and what doesn't. And which brings me really to the uh, topic of today's podcast, which is about buying and selling property. And I have with me today my friend Erica Muller. Uh, Erica has uh, has been sort of advising me on realty and property purchase um, for for a number of years now. And uh, she and I have worked together on on some projects. And if you were at the the Vacation Rental Success Summit, you may have met Erica, who was delivering a workshop, which which I attended and got a huge amount out of. And we'll be talking a little bit about that and about the exercise that she had everybody do um, during this interview. Uh, I just wanted to catch up with Erica because it was two and a half years ago that we last spoke about the real estate market in Orlando, which is where uh, Erica has her realty business. 
and and I wanted to find out what's what's changed, what's happened over two and a half years. We know huge amounts have happened in the vacation rental world in two and a half years. So I'm quite sure that um, that real estate has undergone some changes too. So I wanted to catch up, find out what's uh, what's moving and shaking in Orlando as well as across the US because you know we can extrapolate uh, often from general real estate. Uh, real estate practice from one area right right the way across the 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 US um on a general level so without further ado let's uh, let's move on over to the interview with Erica so i'm delighted to have with me once again today the powerhouse of orlando's real estate market uh my friend Erica Muller how are you? Hi. Hi. It's an absolute pleasure to have you back here. I can't believe it's been two and a half years, not since we last spoke, because, of course, we've met up since then. But it's been two and a half years since you were last on the show. I know. I'm so excited to be back. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. And it was it was great to um, to meet up with you again in uh, in Toronto in May. And, you know, thank you for coming all the way up from Orlando to Toronto, not only to the Vacation Rental Success Summit, but to do a workshop, which was, I went to your workshop and, you know, I, I've, I've read your stuff. I've, I know what you do. And I, I was blown away with what you shared in that workshop. It was, it was just terrific. Aw, thank you. And, you know, it was such a treat to be there and get, be around all those people that are so passionate about vacation rentals the way we are. That was such a treat. So thank you for having me again. That was fantastic. Well, you know, I'm issuing the invitation right now to uh, to come along next year right. and do the same for VRSS 2017. All right. I would be honored. I would be honored and excited. Love excellent. It. Excellent. Well, we will talk talk more about that. But what I wanted to do today was really um, recap on, on what we talked about two and a half years ago, because a lot of water's gone under the bridge in, in all sorts of markets, in certainly in the, um, in the vacation rental market. I mean, we were just chatting uh, before I started the recording, and I was talking about the Skift article that said that um, the, uh, the vacation, global vacation rental market is going to close on $170 billion That's by, by 2019. You're right. It's completely mind-blowing. So, that's been a huge uh, that's going to be a huge change over the next few years it has been a change since since we first talked two and a half years ago um and and of course i'm quite sure there's been a massive sea change in the real estate market too and the types of people that are that are coming on board to to invest in property and talking to andrew mcconnell recently from rented.com he he changed the name of his company from Vacation Futures to Rented.com because he said investors are coming into the market not just to buy vacation homes. They're investing in properties that may be rented out for a great many different reasons than just vacations. So right. I, I think, you know, that's something we can touch on because yeah. I, I know it's something that um, that 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 you're looking at at the moment is 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 the whole investment market. Um so let let's let's kick off how has the market changed do you think for vacation rentals 
in in the last two years, well, in the two years since we last spoke. And I guess we're talking about Orlando because that's where where you reside. Yeah, well, there. I mean, overall, I think everywhere prices have gone up. Um, and we've seen it here in Orlando, prices going up. And that is affecting the vacation rental market as well as the type of investors that are now investing. Um, because what we saw two years ago when prices were still you know, in the, I don't want to say affordable range, but they were a lot lower than they are now, is pretty much anybody and everybody was trying to buy everything they could, which was creating a frenzy. And it was a fantastic market if you were selling, but if you were investing, it was a lot trickier of a market to invest in. Um, now, since prices have gone up a bit, and they're not crazy high, but compared to places like California or New York, but they're still higher than they were two years ago. Um, we're seeing the same demographic purchasing, but um, they're a lot pickier than they were before. They expect more out of the property they're buying. Um, and this is causing vacation rental sellers to have to step it up a lot if they want to sell their home um, because they can't just sit around and put it on the market anymore and it's gone two days later. So we're finding that buyers are getting more, even though they're paying more now for a vacation rental, they're getting more than what they paid for two years ago. So if you're a seller in this market right now and you're looking to sell your vacation rental, putting, uh, adding things into your listing such as um, an email list of guests that have stayed here, a marketing collateral, things like that are going a very long way with buyers Whereas two years ago, I don't even think it was coming into people's minds that they needed to give anything at all. I mean, most of the time, people were selling vacant homes, <clears throat> excuse me, vacant homes that needed work. They wouldn't even allow them to have an inspection. It was nuts. And now, if they want to sell it, they're requiring more. At, buyers are requiring more. So if, if you're an investor, um, the good news to that is that you can expect to get more out of what you purchase versus two years ago. Um, but homes still are selling quickly because obviously the demand for vacation rentals is still here. It's not going anywhere. And from my other affiliates I've talked to in other areas that sell this type of real estate, they've said the same thing, um, that they're selling quickly as well. Um, but you can expect to get more. Uh, well, another thing that's different is now the properties on the market that are vacation rentals are typically traditional sales and they're not short sales and foreclosures like they used to be. Mm -hmm. There's very few foreclosures, um, very, very few short sales. Um, so you, again, you really have to go into this expecting to get the most you can out of it and not, ha you don't have to worry so much about before, if you get a short sale foreclosure title issues and inspection issues. So from a real estate standpoint, that's definitely a lot that's changed in the last two years. Um, another thing that we've seen here, and I've also spoken with other developers in other states in this niche is that developers are now privy to the vacation rental demand in the real estate market. So they're now starting to cater to the vacation rental investor, whereas two to three to four years ago, this was unheard of, um, completely unheard of. But now, almost everywhere you can get your hands on land here, huge developers, I'm not talking small developers, like huge developers like Lennar and Pulte and and all of these big developers are building specific communities for vacation rental investors. They're not regular home communities. They are they are they look like regular home communities, but they're for vacation rental buyers. And what this means is that the interior of these homes are designed very differently than a home that was built 10 years ago. So these homes now are designed for 
all the things that work for today's vacation rental. They have more bedrooms. Some of them have up to 15 bedrooms. The average is about six to eight bedrooms, but you'll find a lot of floor plans now with 15 bedrooms. Every bedroom has its own bathroom inside of it. Um, The homes have more room inside to put in a game room. They all come with pools. Things that you couldn't find five or 10 years ago in a home if you were looking for a vacation rental, it's now expected. It's the norm. And because builders have gotten smart, they've talked to management companies locally. I've interviewed quite a few to help them kind of figure out what the guests are looking for now. And so now they're building for the guest. So if you're an investor, and I've heard, and I've also talked to developers, not just Orlando, um, places like North Carolina, Tennessee, where there's a big tiny house movement. Um, Developers are building tiny houses now specifically for people that want to buy these tiny homes and rent them out for vacation rentals. It's happening all over. Um, And it's, it's not taking away from the homes that are already existing. It's just showing you that if these huge developers are catching on to this market and it's such a big deal that they're building multi-million dollar communities around this niche, what kind of an investor could ignore that? Um, So it's pretty huge. That didn't happen until the last two to three years. Um, Another thing, if you want to stop me, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say that that is... That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal because it has such impact, doesn't it, on on people who've perhaps had a vacation home for a, for a while and now are thinking about selling it. Um, yeah. So as you say, they're entering a completely different market than it was when they bought. It's night and day. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I love when you said, you know, they're selling things like email lists and perhaps their websites, marketing collateral, because they've got to go that that you know, that, that, that extra step or extra, they've got to go that extra mile to, to actually get the value that, that they want because there's so much else out there that is, is being custom built for them. Yeah, it really, that, that's fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's a huge shift. And again, if it's not like the old days where any realtor could take a listing and put it in MLS and it was gone within a week, I mean, I don't mean to sound, I don't know how this would sound, but you know, it's easy for anybody to brag and say, oh, I can sell a home in a week. But when the market's so hot, anybody can sell a home in a week. Any seller could sell their home by themselves and feel like it was them doing it. Um, It's not that it was them doing it or not doing it. It was the market doing it. Um, Now it really requires a set of um, professionals advising you and, and you knowing your vacation rental better than anybody and knowing how to market it best. And, and, you know, being able to communicate that to a realtor if you want to sell it, because, it's not like it was. Um, also, the awareness in the last two years has grown a ton. I can't believe how much Airbnb was such a game changer to building awareness. I mean, I know, Heather, you're really familiar with this, but everywhere now when you say Airbnb, most millennials especially, they know what that is now. Versus two years ago, if I would have said VRBO or Home Away to a millennial, I didn't. a lot of them, most of them didn't know what it was. But now everybody knows Airbnb. So now when people ask me what I do and I say I sell vacation rentals, even if they're not familiar with that term, if I say, have you heard of Airbnb? They're like, oh, yeah, now I get it. The awareness has grown a ton and um, especially with the millennials. And I do think it's important for vacation rental owners to start paying attention to this generation because they are going to be the next generation of renters and knowing their spending habits and where they go to look for 
their um, their vacation homes. I mean, they do spend a ton on travel, travel and coffee, really. <laughs> if you research what they spend on, like I do, it's like travel and coffee to them is they spend more on it than our generation or the ones before us. So knowing these things is really important because the awareness has grown a ton and being able to cater to your guests and who they're going to be in the next five or 10 years, I think is also important. Um, so that was another thing. Um, let me see. Oh, uh, yeah, that was really the main two things I wanted to tell you. If you have any other questions, I'm happy to answer them. But that's been huge in the last two years. Okay, that, as I say, fascinating stuff. And you're, you're right. Um, I went back to the sort of very early, early episodes of my podcast. And I, I again, around that two, 2004, early 2014, late 2013. And there's, there's an interview there with, with somebody who's involved with Airbnb. And my questions are like, you know, I know nothing about Airbnb. What is this thing? <laughs> you know, how, how can it compete with HomeAway? <laughs> I right. go, go back to that now. And it's just like, oh, well, I do hope nobody's listening to this and think, <laughs> thinking I recorded it last week. Oh, how funny. <laughs> but it is, it's, you know, it's it's been a game changer right the way a, across the board. You know, it's it, it's yeah. the, the, the sharing economy was sort of unleashed uh, upon us. Um, and, and through Airbnb and Uber and Lyft and all these other, um, all, all the other startups that have developed around these, these major companies, it it has been a massive, um, a massive game changer. And I can, I can see how that has impacted the, um, the real estate business. How about, you know, are realtors catching on to this or are they, are they slow? Wow. I'm really glad you asked that because. (laughs) I really feel like every day my mind is blown that this is still the situation. But like you said in the beginning of the podcast, we're approaching what a hundred and fifty billion dollar niche. Is that what it was? Or market? 170 by 170 billion by 2019 in the global vacation rental marketplace. So a hundred and seventy billion dollar market here. And still, still realtors don't seem to be catching on to this. They don't seem to be tuned into this niche at all. And um even speaking from a professional perspective within the niche in the industry, finding agents that understand and can get this market is very difficult just to work with me, let alone if I couldn't imagine being an investor trying to find an agent looking for somebody who really knows this niche. Um, I've met some really amazing agents that at your event that I just went to at the Vacation Rental Success Summit from around the country that were just so tuned in, but they're, they're so few and far between And I just can't understand how more and more people aren't picking up on this. And if there are any real estate agents listening, the one thing I would say to them is wake up. This is a huge industry and it's underserviced. And there's a starving market out there of investors who really need somebody who knows this like the back of their hand. And I can't say, I can't honestly tell you there'd be anything else in the real estate industry that I would advise somebody to focus on in the next 10 years other than this niche right here. It's huge. But again, a lot of people aren't mm-hmm. tuned into that. I don't know why. I think I just don't know why. I don't know if you have any ideas, but I don't know why. Well, so I I, I was coming to you for the answers. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it, but it leads me on to the next question because if you've got the investors, uh, the, the, there are the investors out there who are savvy. They they've seen these numbers. Um, they want to get in on it and but they have to find a realtor. They have to find the right realtor that's going to guide them in the right direction 
of securing the best property for their needs. What, um, what, what questions do these investors have to ask to know? I mean, we, we talked about this before about the mistakes that I made many, many years ago, uh, looking for, for property and, and not, uh, not selecting the right realtor because I didn't know the questions to ask. Great. And I, and I feel like the questions are kind of obvious, but I don't think people really ever do ask these questions is something as simple as well, how many vacation rentals have you sold? And I, I mean, that would, to me, be the most obvious thing is, am I your first client that's buying a vacation rental or have you actually done this before? Because knowing that most realtors don't specialize in this niche, it's not something that they're trained for in real estate school. It's not something that their brokers train them to do. So they would have to be independently working in this niche by choice and studying it by choice. So asking them if they've sold any or even if they own a, a vacation rental would probably be the most first and obvious question to ask them them is um, after that is if they have any management contacts that they've worked with in the past and have a good relationship with um, because you're going to be looking to this person to give you these contacts and if they don't have any or they're just you know kind of fiddling around at the last minute to find somebody on google and just give you random contacts uh, that's not going to be very helpful to you because you can do that yourself you're really looking to this person as a connected individual who knows the right people to go to in the industry and by passing these contacts on to you, it's basically their golden Rolodex that they're passing on to you that should be saving you time and energy and headaches in the future. So asking them if they have good relationships with property managers and other vacation rental contacts, I think is I think is huge. Um, and then asking for those contacts information once you decided to work with them would be an obvious next step to that. And if they have any past clients that they've sold a vacation rental to that they'd be willing to let you speak to. Um, testimonials on websites are great. And I, I love video testimonials. I love written ones too with pictures. They're always fun to read. Um, but I think being able to actually talk to somebody on the phone uh, and ask them, you know, is this person really what they say they are? There's nothing better than that. You know, I know for me in the past, I've had no problem doing that. And I think any agent who's done this for a certain amount of time should be able to give you a name or two you know, of somebody that'd be willing to speak to them. And you want to be considerate too of the client that they're passing along because they have a family and everything as well. So trying to set up a good time to talk. But I do feel like people that are qualified in what they do, no matter what field it is, I feel like if they're qualified, they'll have references. They'll be able to speak to you on a very in-depth level about it. And um, they'll be able to pass on good contacts associated with that. And that's just kind of what I've, I would say are the first three main things. What about um, regulations? Because I, I would imagine that oh zoning yeah yeah zoning it, regulations. You know, going back to to a, a, another um, podcast I did a couple of months ago with um, with Matt Ward. I think you might have come across Matt. Matt, Matt did yeah. the closing um, keynote at really nice at, guy yeah at the summit. Um, Matt bought a bought a, um, a a condo in Fort Myers um, about. Um, must be about a year, 18 months ago now. Right. And his realtor knew very little about vacation rentals, yet Matt had said, you know, this is what I want to do with this. And it wasn't until after closing he found that there was um, a, a bylaw restricting the property he'd bought to, you know, very minimal, if any, um, short-term rentals. Now, fortunately... He was able to get around it, and uh, I mean, 
Matt Matt's involved with his um his his um homeowners association um back in his home state. So he knew the ins and outs of uh, of home associ- homeowners association uh, rules, and he was actually able to bypass it because of of, of a glitch in their rules. Um, but to me, that's just you know it it, it brought back memories of um, of other owners I've heard of who've bought properties only to find out they couldn't rent them. Yeah, that Heather, that's huge. And that I think goes right back to if they've done this before, because that I mean, that obviously is the number one thing is if they know the restrictions and anybody in this industry would know where what properties are zoned for vacation rental and which ones aren't. That's I mean, that's huge. And I remember Matt and I had that conversation. He was one of the people that were nice enough to pick me up from the airport. And we did discuss it a little bit. And I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of him and not proud of him, but I mean, I'm really like impressed with him that he went to that level to figure out a way around it because most people would never be able to do what he did. And they would probably be in a very bad position, um, whether they just don't have the time to do it or they don't have the, the knowledge to do it. But, um, that is huge being able to get in a, or getting into a situation where you can't rent it out. And that's a hundred percent, in my opinion, a hundred percent, the realtor's responsibility to know and to do the research and help you do the research if it's zoned for vacation rental or not. And normally that's done during your first 10 days of a due diligence period where you're doing your inspections. That's all the kind of information that is supposed to be being researched during that time. So if you find out for some reason that this home you're buying isn't allowed to do vacation rentals or the HOA just won't allow it, and you do see a lot of that, um, then they can back out and still get their deposit back and they don't have to move forward. I mean, typically it's the HOA that will restrict it, but then you do have a lot of county issues and city issues, zoning um, zoning issues. But if the HOA allows it, um, you have to make sure too they allow it on a level that you want to do it. Like a lot of HOAs won't allow it longer than seven days or 12 days or two weeks, whatever. If you're planning on doing Airbnb and you really want to be able to do a two, three day vacation rental um, you know, that might not be allowed. So those are the questions you definitely have to ask the HOA during your due diligence period, which is something that any experienced realtor that does this would guide you through. So yeah, that is an unfortunate situation he found himself in, but it's impressive he was able to get around it. So what what, what other mistakes do you see buyers making um, when they're looking for uh, an invest, uh, a, a vacation home investment? I mean, very simple things usually that I think if just one consultation with someone who knows what they're doing could fix. I mean, for example, they don't have their financing worked out yet. A lot of people, they get excited about it. They start looking and then they jump right into it, but they have no idea if they're financing, if they're taking a mortgage, if they're pulling money out of their house, they're not even looking yet. They haven't started the process. And then what happens is they find a property they fall in love with, and then they're not in the position to move forward on it. And then they miss out. And I know this sounds like, oh, big deal. There's another one. And there always is, but it kills momentum. Um, when you're in a position where you're you're emotionally invested into this process, your momentum can very easily be killed by losing out on properties that could have you could have very well bought had you had all your ducks in a row. Um, and it can make people feel defeated and it, it could almost kill their their drive to want to even purchase a vacation rental. And that's unfortunate because it's so simple as just being able to get your financing worked out ahead of time. Um, another thing is, you know, again, this is falls under, I think the umbrella of not having the right guidance with a realtor, but not interviewing management companies before going under contract is a really big one. Um, because management companies and Heather, you know, this cause you have a management company, management companies have so much valuable insight 
about where to buy and what is renting and what is not renting. Even more information and insight than your realtor could have because they're actually doing this for a living. So they can specifically tell you, I've managed homes in this neighborhood or that area and here's what we saw and this is what they're doing and this is how often we can book them and this is what our guests are requesting. And I mean, I have a great relationship with the property manager I work with and my investors could tell you that before we even move too much further on a search, we sit and talk with the manage, the uh, property manager and I tell him, this is what they're looking for. This is their price range. This is my recommendations. Can you tell us more about what these communities are doing? We want to know your inside information. And then you almost, it's almost a working backwards process, but then you work backwards from there. If, and if you're looking to do this as somebody who wants to make money, um, it's important to know where you're going to get rented. And that would be the management company's um, advice. So I think that's a huge one. And mm -hmm. I actually have um, a freebie for your listeners today on the 10 questions to ask a management company when interviewing them, the top 10. Um, and we'll put that, I guess, below or however you do it, Heather. Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll put that um, on the on the show notes. So, that, yeah. uh, you know, if you if you want to get hold of that freebie, I think that's a, that's a fantastic one, Erica. Thank you. Um, because, I, you know, I typically, as a property manager, talk to at least one person a week, or I certainly have done over the last 10 weeks or so, who is looking to buy a property. And, and they've come to us just to say, well, where shall I look and what, what, what should I be looking for and what sort of rental am I going to get? And I'm often just blown away by, by those who, who have bought a property, then come to us and say, okay, so my realtor told me I would get X amount a week and it is so way off. Yeah, um, that happens a lot. Yeah, and I and I just love that you're giving that ad advice to people. Just don't just rely on the realtor because they're not necessarily the the, the right person to ask about the that they may be the right person to ask about the residential aspect of a, of a of a home, but not so much the vacation rental aspect of it unless they are fully involved in it. Yeah, and and that's true because. Um, as realtors, I mean, we do the best we can to keep up with what's renting and what's not renting. And if you're in the industry and you're immersed, you know what's working and what's not working because you have such good relationships with your managers. But only a property manager can sit down and give you a spreadsheet of what they're actually doing. Anybody can tell you anything. And there, there's different rental estimator calculators out there that I've seen. And um, the issue I have with that, and I've been approached by other people asking, you know, to if they, I want to use their rental calculators. And here's my issue with it is unless you're actually in this market or whatever market these calculators are in, unless you're physically doing the work every day and you're managing those homes, it is almost impossible for someone to give you an accurate estimate of what that house is going to do because every neighborhood is completely different. Every floor plan rents completely differently. It's, I mean, it's, it's crazy. You can't look at one general area and say, this is what it should rent for in this area. That's, that's impossible. And it's very inaccurate. And I don't recommend anyone basing their numbers off of that. Mm -hmm. I recommend them going directly to um, finding a good realtor that could put you in touch with a reputable management company that could give you the real numbers. Yeah. And management companies are usually, they're, they're not going to hold back. They're not going to, to tell you something that's incorrect. Well, some will, Heather. <laughs> I know you don't do business that way, but there are some management companies. And this is why you also have to know what questions to ask them. Because there are some that will try to 
make it look better than what it is because Mm -hmm. they want you to give them the home and their management program. So they'll start quoting you numbers that are maybe wholesale, that aren't retail numbers, but realistically, they're only doing wholesale bookings. So you end up putting it in their program thinking it's going to do one set of numbers and it comes back in six months doing a completely different set. And they didn't technically lie to you. They they just didn't tell you the whole story of the difference between retail and wholesale. So this is why investors need to educate themselves on how this works. Because when they understand this, then they know what questions to ask. And then when they ask those questions, they can get the full story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've seen it happen. I used to work for a management company when I first moved to Orlando years ago um, as a sales and marketing director, and I've seen it and it's, it's not okay, but it does happen a lot. I'm always surprised at that because, you know, if you fudge the figures, it's going to come back to bite you. It is. <laughs> but I, I, suppo- I, I suppose, it, I, like that. <laughs> yeah, I suppose at that point when somebody has been with you for a year or so that, cause I know it's, it's, it's tough if you, you know, for, for a homeowner, if they're going with a, if, with, a with a management company, um, to actually get out and start again with another one. So you yeah. want you want to make sure you you get it right first time. It is tough and it's also tough if you want to sell your property and you're you're with a management company locked into a contract and they're not very cooperative either about letting people in to see it and you know that happens too. So, I mean, you also have to think about your end goal here is your your exit strategy if you do plan on selling this at some time what role does your management company play in that? Because I can tell you right now, one of the biggest problems that I have when it comes to showing vacation rentals is dealing with the management company who doesn't want to sell it because they know they're going to lose the home and their program. And they'll do everything they can to try to keep us out of the home, whether they can't show it that day or it can only be seen by appointment with them. There's a million ways they can keep people out. And that happens because they have bookings that are in place already. They book these homes out sometimes three to six months. And if a house goes under contract and it's sold in, you know, it's closing in two months, they have to re, they have to, you know how it works, put mm-hmm. those bookings somewhere else if they don't keep that home. So they try to, you know, drag it out. So these are all things that investors need to educate themselves about is not just how much can you rent my home for? There's probably like 20 or 30 questions that I go into detail about um, that they need to be asking. But this giveaway, I'll talk about the top 10. But yeah, there, there's a lot of questions they need to be asking. Okay, so apart from apart from a realtor and a property manager, what other professionals do uh, new owners have, sh- should they have in place? Should they be thinking about before they even start the uh, the process to, uh, to, to, to make this purchase successful? Well, a tax advisor or an accountant who does this type of um, properties and who manages these type of properties as far as the asset goes that's a really important connection, especially if you're somebody who's buying as a foreign national or, you know, whether you're investing in another country or, um, you know, the, where you're looking in your own country, you want somebody who knows vacation rentals because there's two sets of rules that happen here, one for foreign nationals and one for domestic, but they're both different because you own a vacation rental than they would be on a traditional property. Um, and they're tax laws. And I'm not a tax advisor, so I'm not even going to go into that because that could as far as legal stuff goes, I can get anyone in a lot of trouble who talks about taxes that doesn't know them. But having a good tax account, uh, tax advisor or an accountant who does this specific type of work is, I think, the number one thing. Um, because you can get yourself into hot water with the IRS if you don't keep the records correct. And if you're not um, sure of what's going on, you don't know where your taxes are supposed to go when you sell it, you're not aware of FERPTA. There's a lot of things that can happen. 
So that, um, a good lender, unless you're paying cash, you definitely need a good lender who understands how vacation rentals work. Um, I'm seeing more and more lenders coming out with programs for vacation rental investors, uh, which again, two, three years ago, they were really hard to come by, but now there's more and more programs becoming available. And I think as you know, interest rates stay low, we'll continue to see more of them. But a good lender, a good tax advisor, and also an interior contact if you plan on furnishing it from scratch, because the way you would f- uh, furnish a vacation rental is should be different than the way you would furnish your own home, because there's certain things people need in a vacation rental that you might not necessarily think about in your own home. Things like, um, at least here in our area, a lot of owners are putting in game rooms where it's a designated part of the house where there's a pool table or there's foosball, things like that. So people can just chill and play, you know, the kids can play, um, you know, the way you lay out the furniture. Let's say that your house that you're buying has a living room and a family room. Typically in a vacation rental, that's wasted space, which is why a lot of builders have stopped building them that way. But if you're buying an older home that's built like that, you'd want somebody who understands how to utilize both of those places, the best way for somebody who's renting a vacation home. So a good interior contact, a good lender, a good tax advisor, along with a management company and a realtor that knows this niche, you'll be set. So would you say the the realtor is the starting point because the realtors, you mentioned the gold Rolodex. So it would be the realtor who has all that. The realtor should have all that good information on the other professionals. Yeah. And I I really believe they're the number one place to start. I mean, some people might think starting with a management company would be the way to go. And I guess maybe you could, but the thing that I'd be concerned about with that is uh, management companies really want people to buy homes that will benefit them the most, not necessarily the investor, because certain management companies might rent more or less in one area than the other. So I feel like they could be biased in terms of who they're referring you to. i like a realtor, um, as long as they're not getting a kickback on anything, which they shouldn't be, and you might want to ask them that, they're going to be pretty much unbiased because they have your best interest in mind. At the end of the day, that's the one you're going to go back to and say, you sold me this. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they're the ones that are going to give you the most unbiased connections. So you just mentioned that you know a property manager might might be steering an investor towards one one. Um, particular market rather than another because that's where they perform best at. So how, how, how does a potential investor find out where the best markets are to actually start with? Right. So in terms of researching a market, um, there's a lot of great places to start. But to keep it simple, um, you know, an easy place to start would be other than the obvious, which is places that are tourist attractions like Anaheim, Orlando, Myrtle Beach, Vail, places where you know people travel are obviously going to be good markets. Um, you can also go onto VRBO and Airbnb and start doing your own research. And it, this is so easy. I mean, it's not some crazy formula, but you just go on there. And if you're interested in an area, look to see what's already listed on there and if people are actually renting them and if people are staying there and leaving reviews. If you can see a market where there's hundreds of vacation rentals listed there and they're calendars looked booked or the calendars look booked um, and there's a lot of reviews, people are staying there. There's a market for that. And that's pretty much on on, on like a market area. Um, if you want to go down to like a neighborhood basis, then you really want to start doing even more research. I know, Heather, you told me about AirDNA at the mm-hmm. event, which yeah. I thought was brilliant. They have a lot of really great research on the actual markets as well. 
But again, you want to go to the management company and start to really see, interview different ones, who is renting what. But when you go on Airbnb and VRBO, you can find out a lot. You can really see what people are requesting, you know, where they're, um, what their calendars look like, what the reviews look like. And you'll notice a different in mar- a difference in markets. It's pretty obvious. You'll see some markets, like if you look at Orlando, there's there's probably upwards of 12,000, 15,000 vacation rentals on there. That's a lot. And then you might pull another market like Lakeland, for example, or, or another remote area of Florida, and you'll maybe see like 1,000 or, or 500. There's a huge difference. You can tell that one area is going to do better than the other. Um, one thing I would say to take into consideration in some of the less uh, trafficked areas is if there is vacation rentals there, there's not thousands of them, but there's quite a bit and they look to be booking, find out what's there because um, there's some niche markets out there like golf markets and, and fishing lakes and places where there's a lot of niche guests that go there for a specific reason that you might not already know about. Those can do really well where there's less there's less competition, but they're, the ones that are there do really well. Um, so really having local market knowledge helps a lot too. As far as um, finding out a large area in general, just taking notice of what's going on in VR and BO and Airbnb are really the best places to start. Um, from an investment standpoint, once you decide if the area itself has a market for vacation rentals, which is what we just mentioned, um, then you really want to be able to analyze the specific neighborhoods within that market. And that's where it comes down to having the right contacts and the realtors and the management companies. Um, I do have a spreadsheet that's really helpful for that. I know that we use that as a tool at the uh, Vacation Rental Success Summit, and everybody seemed to like it. What did you think of it, Heather? I, it still- ab- I absolutely loved that. Um, okay. You know, just, just just to explain what we did for 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 the people who weren't there, um, we we just got into into small groups and and Erica shared out um, different listings from different neighborhoods, and then using the spreadsheet she provided, we were able to establish whether this this particular whether these listings or which one of the listings was going to be the 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 best value, the best one to buy that's going to give us the best return on the investment. And and it was quite an eye-opener for, for many people, actually, because when you looked at the at the um the MLS sheets, the listing sheets, and you could get very easily swayed by, oh, this looks great, and this has got so many bedrooms and bathrooms, and this is obvious, obviously going to be the best one. And then to find out that actually it wasn't in that particular area because properties of another nature may be smaller um, um, with with different features were going to be suited to the demographic that would come to that area it was it was it was a real eye-opener it was fascinating yeah I love that spreadsheet I actually use it for my own personal investments and I use it I mean all my investors love it and I'm glad to hear you do but I'll as well give you that to put in a link for the listeners but once you have that um, or a tool like that maybe you have your own spreadsheet you're, you can plug the numbers in and numbers don't lie. I mean, to get those numbers, again, you want to look at what things are booking for on Airbnb and you want to take from that. You want to pull from management data. You want to pull from several different sources and plug your own numbers in and start running the data that way. I mean, you'll never be able to get an exact figure until you're into the home. But if a community has been around or a location has been around for a while and it's been doing rentals for a long time, there's a lot of solid data out there for you to pull from. It's just when you're going into uncharted territory where there's not a lot of vacation rentals and there's not much to go off of, that's kind of a bigger risk when you're doing vacation rentals because you don't really know. 
But places like Orlando and, um, you know, tourist areas, that's really easy to find that data on on those websites we just talked about and from managers. Yeah. What, so 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 how how is Pokemon Go going to affect all this? <laughs> <laughs> OK, I have a confession to make. I know. Go on. <laughs> My daughter and I play it together. <laughs> But um, I, I see, actually, it's funny you bring that up because I was just talking to my sales partner probably two weeks about it, how sellers could really utilize Pokemon Go um, when they're doing like an open house or something. Um, because in our area, there's Pokestops everywhere. And uh, anyone who's traveling here that's playing Pokemon Go is usually with their parents, you know? So if they're going somewhere, the parents are going with them. And in the resort communities here in Orlando, there's a lot of potential, I think, to put Pokestops there, um, especially at a clubhouse where people would be drawn in there for something. Or if you're having an open house, you could put a Pokestop there. If the You know, you have to contact the game, but you could have a lure up. I mean, I think it's kind of cool. I think there's so many different ways to utilize it to get business and traffic to places. And um, I'm excited about it, to be honest. I love new technology, so I'm excited about it. Well, I know. I, I know. That's why. I, that's why I just had to throw that one in there because I knew you'd come up with with all sorts of creative ideas. Yeah, I've, the wheels are already spinning. It, I just I want to tell people not to like Pokemon and drive, <laughs> you know, because I think people do that and it's really unsafe. That, that well, that's that that's very good. I'm glad you mentioned that. So. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we, we've covered an awful lot here. Um, I just wanted to um, just to, to double back a bit on something you did mention. We were talking about um, numbers and the fact that everything is out there. All the numbers you need are out there and they're not that difficult to find. And you mentioned Air DNA and... Uh, I, I will put a link to Air DNA in the in the show notes because it's it's an invaluable resource. You can actually f- you you can um, buy the data uh, for one postal code, one particular area, one you know municipality, or whatever, and you can buy that data, and it will show you the data that's that's mostly obtained from Airbnb about nights sold rates of the nights sold, where people are coming from, how long they're staying. It's it's just a fantastic source of of the information that you really need to um you know to, to create your database before you invest. You, you you agree with that? Yeah, that's it's so powerful. I mean it's probably the most powerful tool out there right now. Yeah. For getting the data. So uh, so yeah, as I say, I put a I'll put a link to um, to the uh, Air DNA as well in the show notes. So Erica, some owners choose to go it alone. You know, they they don't want to just put the property, buy the property, put it with a property manager. They want to do it themselves. They want to do their own marketing, have far more control, hands on control, um, and then find their own property management solutions as well. What tips do you have for them? Well. I mean, the ones that go at it alone, they're brave souls. <laughs> and really, I, I admire that because it's it's a job. Um, and the, I want to say going into this is that you have to remember what your goal is buying the property. If your goal is to, you know, have a vacation home and be able to relax, that's not very smart because you're never going to be able to just chill and relax. Um, it's a job that you're taking on. And I think that the best way to go about it, if you really want to do that, is to work something out with a management company where 
you can um, still put your own bookings in place and they don't take a fee from it. And there are a lot of management companies that will do that with you. And they only take a commission on what they put in place. So this way, if it takes you some time to get it going, you're not sitting there with an empty house because even management companies with these new homes that are going up that have all kinds of resources for marketing and big marketing budgets, it takes a good year to start building momentum for your home. It's not just you buy it, you close, and if it has no previous bookings or previous guests, it just rents automatically. It does rent. It just it takes time to build the momentum. And after about a year to a year and a half, my investors see a much better return um, on year two and three than they do on year one. So if you want to go at it alone, um, just keep into you know take into consideration that it might be a year to a year and a half before things really start gaining momentum, and just hope that you can have enough in the in the bank to cover whatever costs are going on, uh, or whatever costs you might have. If you do have plans to go at it alone, um, you need a really strong marketing strategy. And I, I I love email marketing. I love digital marketing. I know Heather's son Mike does a lot with that. Um, it's my favorite means of marketing list building, uh, those type of things you might want to start educating yourself on. But um, I just, I always recommend a management company, unless you're the kind of person who's doing this for a living, unless you're just, you want to make your living off of vacation rentals. You just want to own five or 10 of them and that's your income. I just can't imagine anyone wanting to buy a vacation rental for, um, you know, an investment and then go ahead and do the work on top of that. It, It never made sense to me, but I do understand why people want to do it because they do like to have control over their asset. And I, and I do understand that. Well, it, it could be just a matter of, of finding the right property management company. Because I know in our company, we, ha- we have a number of owners who, who are completely hands-off. You know, they, right. they, they just hand over the property to us. They, they tell us who their, their, um, their caretaker, cleaning staff are. We deal with them. They don't want anything to do with it. Um, and then there are those others who, who don't want to be dealing with the, um, the marketing. Because as you say, you know, they, ha- they haven't got that they they haven't got the traffic to start with right. um so so they want they they want to take advantage of the traffic that we will bring them but they want to take a more hands-on approach so so we work very much in partnership with them and you know if they bring their own if they find their own um um clients then we may do a deal on the commission you know we we just work together and but I, I've heard of some, pro- you know, there are some property managers who are who who will absolutely do nothing of the sort. They 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 want the full control, and I completely understand that because it gives them the consistency of the product. Right, and I and I can totally understand that as well, Heather. I've seen situations firsthand where you know the owner is putting bookings in place and doing their own marketing, and you know the information is not being communicated to the management company. It looks bad for the mm-hmm. for the owner. It looks bad for the management company if there's misunderstandings. So I can understand and see both sides of it for sure. Um, but I definitely think if it's something you want to do, that is, again, something you're going to have to tell your management company up front so that you can work out a partnership like you said. Yeah. Um, I really like how you put that, Heather, a partnership. I think that would that's a great way to go about it. Yeah, well, it certainly works for us. But as I say, I, I know it doesn't work for, for, for every management company or every owner, you know, but there's something out there that, that there is a uh, – you know, there's a strategy for every investor. It's just finding the right one. And I, I firmly believe, having bought seven separate properties, that finding the right realtor is the starting point. Yeah, I and I agree. And it's not because I'm a realtor. It's it's because I'm a business person. And I feel like in business, no matter what business it is, 
um, you really want to find the key person, the connector person. And when you find that person, everything else falls into place. Otherwise, you're spinning your wheel, spinning your wheels, looking for 10 different things in 10 mm-hmm. different places. It never made sense to me. Yeah. And that, I think, is probably a really good point to um, to draw this to a close. Um, so is there anything else you wanted to um, to mention? Anything else you want to bring to the attention of would-be investors who might be listening? Um. I think we covered everything, Heather. I mean, every investor is looking for something different. Um, one thing I will say is just as if you're an investor, it's really important to understand that when you purchase a vacation rental, there's an emotional component to it that's not there when you purchase a regular investment property. So there's something that's going to be different about this purchase for you. And I want you to be aware of that going into it is it's important to note the difference between the numbers and what you're going to get out of it. Because I have a lot of investors, believe it or not, that are just cold investors that have never bought anything for themselves before to use. They find it really hard to do that crossover. They just they just care about the numbers, but then they get into it and they might, you know, I don't think they're going to like it because it's not really what they need as a family. Mm-hmm. Or there's the people that make it all about the emotions, but they're forgetting about the investment component of it and the carrying costs. So I feel like finding that balance and remembering that this is both an emotional and a financial investment is really important. Well said. Thank you. And that really brings us to a close. So thank you so much, Erica. Um, I I always find it fascinating to talk to you. You've got such a wealth of information and knowledge and you really do have your finger on the pulse of the vacation rental industry. Thank you for having me, Heather. And likewise, it's always fun talking with you too. Been a pleasure. Well, that was a great discussion. Thanks, Erica, for joining me again on the podcast. I always get such value out of our conversations and always fires me up, actually. You know, I started out in the introduction saying that uh, as you listen to this, I'll probably be in in Cyprus and and will be looking at real estate because it's just what you do. You know, having talked to Erica now, maybe, I don't know, I'm going to talk to Andy Reynolds, who is um, our host at, uh, at at our villa in in Cyprus, and uh, and just see, see what his thoughts are on the um, on the vacation rental real estate world in uh, in his part of the world, which will be uh, interesting. Okay, so that is about it for another week. If you've got any questions for Erica, make sure you go to the show notes and uh, and submit your comments and she will come and answer you. And of course, she's offered a couple of great downloads. The, uh, the, the spreadsheet that we were using at the Vacation Rental Success Summit. Uh, she's uh, th- That's one of the downloads. And the other is the 10 questions that you need to ask a property manager uh, before you enter into a contract with them. Really valuable stuff. So just go on over to the show notes and uh, and download those. So it's just cottageblogger.com forward slash VRS145. So thank you so much again for listening. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure being with you and I'll talk to you again next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business. 